Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Sub shoes. It was revealed this week uh, by Steve Austin himself that he texts with CM Punk. He has a texting relationship with CM Punk. Mm. They exchange messages every now and then, but he wasn't really keeping up with any of the CM Punk drama. He just communicates with him, you know, like a dude, right? Here's my question. If you could have a texting-only relationship with either Stone Cold Steve Austin or CM Punk, who would you pick? Listen, I'm a fan of, of CM Punk, the talent, and the wrestler. If I have to be honest... I'd much rather have a texting relationship with Stone Cold Steve Austin, all right? Wait, like, wait, but, but, but factor this in. Okay. First of all, you could, cl- you could claim that you have inside knowledge of CM Punk's thought process every time one of these things happens. You could be like, you can text him and say, hey, dude, you're coming back. Dave, nothing about that seems interesting to me. <laughs> being, the, being the go-to for, to be CM Punk's like a mouthpiece, like not, not, not fun. And... It just seems like Punk is, is you know, I'm sure we can have fun. I'm sure he'd be a nice guy to be around. But after a while, when I want to go, like, have a drink or something, or <laughs> like, go, go party, I think I want to have a drink with Stone Cold. Like, eventually, I'd be like, hey, you know, we should, we should continue this text conversation over an adult beverage. And at my, my big age, as much as Punk's lifestyle is probably healthier and probably mm-hmm. like better long term, I'm still picking Stone Cold. I'm sorry. Like, that's just, I don't know. I feel like if I walk into MSG, right, with CM Punk, and I walk into MSG with Stone Cold Steve Austin, I get two very different reactions. I definitely want him as my buddy. No offense. If, but if, you, if you're with CM Punk, then someone might snap a picture of him, like, in his hoodie by the, by the curb, and it becomes a meme, and you could be standing right there in that meme. No, nothing about that sounds appealing to me. <laughs> like, I know those people. We, we, we are aware of those folks. We know the type of lives they live and the type of fans that uh, harass them on a daily basis. I'll tell you what, none of that sounds appealing to me. Do you at think all. Austin? You know, we know what it CM sounds Punk like. Weird. It sounds like I don't want to be friends with CM Punk. That's yeah. not what I'm trying to make it sound like. I'm just saying it seems like a it seems like a, a heavy undertaking. Look at FTR. I'm not sure that I would ever stressed. get comfortable talking. I don't. I don't know who I if I'd ever get comfortable talking to Steve Austin. He's too much of a god in my mind. Maybe though, he seems like a very laid back guy. I feel like I've spent a lot of time with him over podcasts, right, listening to so, him on podcasts so, since I've met him in real life. All right, Dave. So let's let's take it from. Uh, Let's let's just use our context clues and just look at like CM Punk's, for lack of a better term, inner circle, right? Don't they all look stressed the fuck out all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, look about it. Think about it. FTR looks stressed. A mm-hmm. Steel looks stressed. Permanently right? stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like every like who, who else? Who, I mean Samoa Joe. Just I mean Samoa Joe's just like a surly guy, just in general. AJ right? Mendez seems like she's doing okay. AJ seems great. AJ seems great. But I, uh, I, I don't. Wait, I have a, can I ask a separate question? Yes, please. We know what Punk wears when he's out in public, right? You're talking about walking in MSG. We've seen all those pictures. Him and the hoodie pulled down tight. You know, yeah, like bl- over black his face. hawk hoodie or something or sweater. Do you think Stone Cold has an incognito mode, or does he just strut right in like? Like, y'all know who this is. Oh, dude, I think Stone Cold has an even better incognito mode. He has a default face, right? Like, he has nothing. He's bald, and he has no 
real discernible facial hair. He can go in He's there. He's got the goatee. He's like the only guy with the, who still has just the goatee. I mean, I could he could be confused for like Jay Buhner, former outfielder for the Seattle True, a lot of baseball players <laughs> way yeah. back then. So, I mean, he throws, throws on a hat, you know I mean? Throws on some glasses. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a, you know, if he has one of those, uh, those, uh, those old school, like, Cowabunga surfer shades that, like, baseball players used to wear in the outfield, he could pass for at least, at least, like, 30 or 40 former baseball players. Easily. But then he opens his mouth and everyone in the world says, oh, it's Stone Cold Steve. Like, what? And I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Anymore. But what if he does, <laughs> what if he does it though? What if, what if Stone Cold has a, uh, incognito like voice sh- too. Like he's got to, he's got to, he's got to work the voice. Or if a the voice bit. that we know is like a working voice. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, like, he sounds like James Earl Jones. He wraps up every episode of uh, the Broken Skull Sessions, and he's just like, "Thank you very much for being here." As little- <laughs> soon as the mic turns off, he's like, "Oh God, thank you, Jesus." <laughs> my, my that would be the biggest disappointment <laughs> since. Something, something, Hulk Hogan. Let's start the show. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the and you're listening, you're listening to you are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. We got an action-packed show today, bud. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How about yourself, man? Good. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to fail. I know this on the outset, so I'm just setting the bar really low. We just counted. There's 22 matches between three pay-per-views this weekend. AEW Double or Nothing, WWE Extreme Rules, and NXT Battleground. We're going to do them all, all 22 matches, 22 matches in 22 minutes. All right? Okay. This seems impossible. Can I throw in a mini caveat? Can I throw a mini yeah. caveat? If there's one match I want to I wanna talk to talk about for more than a minute or two, can I like ring a bell? Can I like make a wave for, can I say, hey, I need more? Well, you, don't, it is, it's got to be an audio thing because this is a podcast. Okay. Why don't we do, uh, here's what we're going to do. We'll start with NXT Battleground and we'll bank some time. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Gotcha. 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 All right. Let's do it. Uh, but, but, but get your, but get your deep thoughts in as quickly as possible. I think that, uh, if we go, if we can do it in 22 matches in 33 minutes, I'm going to be very impressed. So this let's is- just see how quickly we can just wind through this whole thing. And by the way, here's what, what else we'll do. You'll say, put, put a pin in it. If there's something you want to go into after the full rundown is over, put a pin in it. Brian will make a note. We'll come back to it at the end. So All how right? many pins okay. do we have? How huh? many pins do we have? <laughs> like timeouts? We're not- yeah, I guess they should be like timeouts, right? Like, do, you, do we get 30-second timeouts? Do we get fulls when we got to get a commercial break? Do we do it? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're calling it. You just, no, no, in the middle of it, you say TV timeout. TV timeout. Okay, okay. And then, we'll, then we just pause and discuss, and then we get back into the time. Brian, you got the stopwatch yep, going? Ready? And go. All right, NXT Battleground. Gallus versus the Creed Brothers. Tag team uh, championship match. Who you got? Uh, I'm a big fan of the Creed Brothers, but I do think this is a Gallus victory. Uh, the Creed Brothers have been my favorite tag team in NXT 2.0 since the launch of NXT 2.0. And I almost feel like they're on borrowed time on the NXT roster. I think that's right. I also feel like, though, that I'm going to go with the Creeds because this feels like it's it's sort of like reset, re- double, uh, double reverse reset time for NXT 2.0. So I'm going to go with the Creeds. All right, moving on. Uh, Dragonoff versus Dijak, last man standing match. Talk about somebody who's got who's maybe on borrowed time. You can see both these guys getting called up, but there've been a lot of weird rumors. Not weird. There've been a lot of like booking rumors about about Dragonoff. Uh, who do you think is going to win this one? I, I'm taking Dragonoff on this one. I've been a big fan of his. I, I think you, you talk about the whispers around him uh, as well. I, I, you know, he had some incredible matches with Gunther, with Pete Dunn, uh, with Butch, uh, with a lot of these guys in the main roster. And I think Dijak is low-key underrated. He's kind of got like a, 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 mm-hmm. a, 
a sneaky good collection of NXT matches under his belt, and I think he's got an opportunity to have another one. But I'm taking Ilya Dragunov for this one. I'm with you on that one. All right. Uh, Wesley versus Tyler Bate versus Joe Gacy for the uh, triple threat for the North American Championship. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to stay... Wesley, gonna... Wesley's officially in the in the territory now if I'll believe it when I see it. I, think he'll lose, like, I, don't, I, I just don't think he's going to lose in any of these matches. Although... I don't know. I don't know. There's uh, uh, Joe Gacy's. Uh, for some reason, I'm. Uh, there's something feels Joe Gacy-ish to me. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I always tend to when it comes to triple threat matches, I tend to lean on who has the stronger character, and the fighting champion always seems to lose on multi-man matches. So if there's any time to pull the trigger on the, on the North American title change, I think this could be it, and I think Joe Gacy would be the guy I would go with. So I'm going with Joe Gacy on this one. I think he's going to be the guy who walks out with the NXT North American Championship. I am feeling that, but I'm going to stick with the champ, Wesley. Okay, Gnome Dar versus Dragon Lee. Uh, this is going to be the match of the night. I, I mean, there's nothing that needs to be said except it's going to be an absolute just banger is not even the word. We need a better word than banger for this one. <laughs> um, British rounds rules for the NXT Heritage Cup. Uh, I mean, I think Dar- I'm going to go with Noam Dar, but uh, it, it, I don't even care what happens. It's just what happens between the bells. Yeah, I think but with the British r- rounds rules, there's room for chicanery. And I think when mm-hmm. you're bringing Noam Dar in there, uh, you know, you can figure out a way to win that still makes Dragon Lee look ultra impressive. And I think this is a let's make Dragon Lee look ultra impressive sort of showcase uh, without necessarily having to beat anybody convincingly. So uh, I'm going to take Noam Dar by chicanery, but Dragon Lee is going to be the one who looks like the star out of this match. Lyra Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton. Finals in the, of the tournament for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. Um, we were we were kind of split on this last week. We can say we, we both said we could see it going, both matches going either way. This was, I think, the slight underdogs in both, just because of the, the two people who got eliminated were both previous champs. Ooh, this feels like Tiffany Stratton's uh, red carpet ride for me. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Stratton all the way. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Tiffany Stratton too. She's definitely uh, somebody you kind of put me onto. I think a couple of years ago or a couple of months ago, you gave her a rocket, and I just didn't really pay attention. But like now, I'm I'm seeing the vision. I I could definitely see the vision. I see her as the next NXT Women's Champion. So as well. you know, I mean, there's a lot of the, the, the I mean, there's a huge amount of talent in the NXT Women's Division. Yes, uh, and sometimes it's it feels a li- it's, it can still feel a little bit staged it's because they're so talented they can do stuff that's sort of beyond their years in a lot of ways, right? But but Stratton's the sort of cream of the crop. Uh, she can do absolutely everything. Her finisher is nuts and smooth as silk every time. Uh, yeah, let's go with Tiffany Stratton. Last one, championship match, Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker. Um, feels like I can't imagine it going back to Braun at this point, but hell, who knows? What do you got? Yeah, I couldn't imagine it going back to Braun either. I think this is everything to do with uh, giving Carmelo Hayes a standout signature win in his hometown. Um, obviously, in most cases, I would not bet against, uh, bet on uh, the person wrestling in their hometown, especially if they're getting their ass kicked by a mega heel for the past several weeks. Uh, and I usually love seeing a heel go over in a babyface's hometown. But, but I think just the way they've been building Braun Breaker up for the past couple of weeks, I think this is a Carmelo Hayes night. TV timeout. Oh, TV oh, timeout. Okay, let's go. Let's go for it. Do you think they're going to bring Braun Breaker to the main roster as a heel or a babyface? I think they have to bring him as a heel now, right? I mean, I hmm. I, I think he's I think he was a babyface by um by by I, I'm 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 forgetting the actual word I'm trying to use by proxy by by what by default by, by default Lugan. right like he yeah. was just he was just the guy that the per, that when they cleared out the NXT roster he was one of the more familiar faces not just by look and you know the way they marketed him by name as well he's a Steiner and people wanted to cheer for him and do the Steiner math and do all the other stuff so he kind of got pushed into being a baby face but even like. The best versions of Scott Steiner wasn't a baby face, right? Like it was him just being like this mega sort of like supercharged heel that just talked wild shit. And Braun is starting to find his voice and be that sort of guy. And I think you can't. Yeah, but his dad is not Scott Steiner. His dad is Rick Steiner. I know, but I, and the best version of Rick Steiner was opinions may vary, but probably not. You don't like me, bite me, Rick Steiner. The best version of Rick Steiner was a tag team wrestler. The best version yeah. of Scott Steiner was a solo star, in my opinion. And I think Braun is more like Scott. Well, he has the potential to be more like Scott, 
Where does Dogface Gremlin rank amongst the his, his the entire history of nicknames that you know the person hated more than anything in the world? <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound uh, appealing at all. It's got to be a bottom five nickname. Dogface Gremlin is not. I mean, something... it's a cool it's a cool nickname, mm-hmm. but Dogface Gremlin. I mean, that's just it's just it's legendary. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, he's just like every, if anyone said it to his face, you know, he just clubbed him in the ear. Um, Okay, well, if he's going to go up as a heel, then that's fine. For some reason, I was feeling this that this feud might end up with some sort of like handshake and mutual respect, and then something, then the loser gets called up. But who knows? I don't know even how they would do call up. I'm, I'm, yeah, right. I'm about to say the draft kind of makes it weird because usually these big matches you expect the call up, and I don't think we've even really had one of those big. NXT send-off matches into a call-up in a long time. So, I mean, there's still an outside opportunity. Braun Breaker wins the title again. Uh, well, I don't think it's crazy. I didn't think that'd be crazy at all. I, I, I don't I don't know what they're doing here. Yeah. This has been a very bizarre feud for me. Very it's bizarre. Not been hugely compelling, but I'm excited to see the match because I know they're both guys are going to bring it, and that's what really counts. That's right. All right, let's move on. Timeout is over. Let's go back. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Do you want to do uh, Night of Champions next or Double or Nothing next? Let's go Double or Nothing. Oh, All right. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we're starting at the bottom of the Wikipedia page. Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho, unsanctioned match. Who you got? I'm gonna take Adam Cole here. Uh, I know everybody. Sabu's always... involved now. We got Sabu with his uh, backstage pass hanging around his neck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Well, well, <laughs> It was it was it was kind of strange. I'm not gonna lie. I, I did pop for Sabu. Did it make all the sense in the world? I didn't think so. But who the fuck cares, right? Like we love Sabu, and uh, you know he got a hell of a pop. Um, he kind of has that Minoru Suzuki sort of thing about him, where he's like, it doesn't matter that he's this old dude. You just know he's capable of crazy shit, and uh, it, it kind of makes it a little bit more interesting. Um. That being said, I'm still taking Adam Cole on this one. Um, Adam Cole, 100%. We yeah. don't even talk about it anymore. All right, next match is uh, Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. Who you got? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with the Hardys and Hook. If the Hardys win, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, give me give me the Hardys and Hook. Uh, you know, Hook is... <laughs> has Hook lost a match yet? I still don't think so. Probably not. Um, yeah. I think he could afford to lose the yeah. match in which like Matt Hardy ate the pin. But it, that's fine. Yeah. I think you're right. Okay, Jade Cargo uh, versus uh, Taya Valkyrie. Who you got? Oh, you know what? I think this is the night. I think this might be the night. I'm gonna go. Really? With, I'm gonna go with Taya Valkyrie. I think. I think. Uh, you know, they're they're almost at sixty and oh, What is he at? Fifty nine and oh right now, if I'm not mistaken, with mm-hmm. Jade Cargo, and uh, it kind of feels like. You know, the TBS women's division is its own sort of separate universe right now. And Ty Valkyrie has been the only real viable competitor for that title in quite some time. And I don't think they'd bring her in for her to not be involved in in some sort of uh, elevation of that title alongside Jade Cargo. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm taking trust, I'm going to trust you on that one. I, I would have gone with Jade, but that's cool. All right. Um, Blackpool Combat Club, Danielson, Moxley, Claudio, and uh, Wheeler Yuta versus The Elite. Kenny, Matt, Nick, and Hangman. Um, man, this one is big. It was a kind of a... De- Can I do a TV timeout here? Time it out. Go for it. Kind of a down week for them. I mean, I know that you got to run Hangman's return last week to just hype up the match to give people, you know, to give to let you know more than two day, a few days in advance that Hangman's going to come back. But do you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the last week was really the high point. There was really the point where you were just like, please take my money. Like, I will buy any pay-per-view just for this feud. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, just, and it wasn't just Hangman's return. It was the sort of feel of the moment. It was a big moment, you know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I do think that it's relevant. I mean, it should be said, since this is coming up in the middle of our double or nothing conversation, that 
these two these two factions have really great chemistry yeah. in the ring and on the mic and everything else. And I'm glad that they're running this angle. I'm enjoying every minute of it. There is a weird sort of dissonance with the fact that the main event is the f- supposed four pillars of AEW going at it, and it's this match that actually has all the important people in it. Yeah. Like, this is the match that this, this match is the reason you care about AEW. Yeah. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, I think I said this last uh, last episode, but I said this is sort of like a, uh, a, a, a defining era for AEW, right? Mm-hmm. Like ever since, and I said since Brawl Out, and I keep bringing up Brawl Out because I think it was really a main, a main you know, you put the, that red sort of like stamp on the timeline of AEW and just think of what it's been since then. And those eight people for the better part of the last year were either involved in that or had to help carry the company past that. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's been a very violent feud. Um, so the anarchy in the arena sort of stipulations make it uh, a lot more interesting to see where they're going to up the ante. They've already done crazy shit. Kenny Omega sort of exploded mm-hmm. once. Uh, John Moxley went through a glass table. Uh, people getting stabbed with with screwdrivers and all this type of shit. Like it's a, like I'm expecting to see some shit that makes me question if this is a, a, entertaining or not. Right? Like that's yeah. you know how you get a little queasy about certain like hardcore matches that feel like well you know is this necessarily telling us like I fully expect something to happen within that match for me to be like. All right, this might be a little too much. <laughs> like, this might be a little. They might be taking it a little far here, but I'm looking forward to that and and seeing where where they sort of take it. Um, funny you mentioned the four pillars being like uh, the main event of this match. Uh, they're gonna have a big, big um, you know opportunity to not steal the show, but you have to follow something like that. Like that is like the the hardest act to follow in the entire company. Not just Kenny Omega, but yeah, Danielson, Mox, Claudio, the elite back together. Like, it's it's going to be the match everyone's talking about. Now, what do you do to top that? So, um, that being said, I'm going with the Blackpool Combat Club. I think they're going to find a way to do some evil shit and pull it out at the end. That was a long time out. Well, the timeout's still going. I just want to say, I mean, I guess I made the point that I wanted to make. This is going to be I'm on the record, not the biggest anarchy in the arena guy, but this is going to be the match. This is probably going to be the match of the night. Easily. We got some other stuff on the card, but uh, it's going to, I think there will definitely be some stuff on this card that's going to blow our minds. They're going to try to really like up the ante in a lot of ways. Like you were saying, it'll be interesting to see if they do it in this one, just with the, the stunts, the, the, you know, the big spots, or if, you know, we get some other stuff going on in this one. Anyway, timeout over. Next up is Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter apparently is injured, very injured, uh, significantly injured. Mm. Well, regardless, she's injured. Um, I'm not sure if this match is going to go off straight up and Tony Storm is going to get the win or whatever. This feels like shenanigans central to me. Mm. I think, uh, you know, betting money is obviously on Tony Storm because one of these two people is injured. If there were, if I could take a bet on something like. Tony gets the win and then Paige gets the title via finger poke of doom. I would probably put some, put a, put a, you know, 50 bucks on that. It just feels like we're going to, it feels like there's something there. They haven't changed the match. They haven't really announced there's going to be anything, but apparently she's injured. So I'm just assuming they're going to book it into some wacky way. It's either that or they go with the most tried and true AEW booking tactic of all time. Interim champion! Oh, shit. You know what time it is. That's my favorite time of the year when somebody you kind of like wins a title you almost didn't care about until somebody Uh, got hurt. Happens all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It's going to be tight, though. Uh, I hope she's not terribly hurt, but... um, you know, it would suck if uh, it doesn't end up in an actual match because I think that those are the only two women's matches in the card, right? Jaden, Taya, and uh, mm-hmm. Jamie and Tony. Uh, yeah. yeah, no. I, All right. I like uh, the finger poke of doom th- theory, though. It's gonna be fun. Some weird's gonna happen. I don't know why. All right, then we get the Blackjack Battle Royal for the AEW Inter- International Championship. Orange Cassidy, the workhorse of the company, right mm-hmm. now, just going laying it all out every night versus a bunch of people. Uh, Ricky Starks is in this one. Powerhouse Hobbs is in this one. You think Orange Cassidy could possibly lose? 
Yes, I do. Uh, every year, the, the 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 battle royal usually has a huge debut. Uh, I don't know if they have. Uh, there's a specific name for the, like was it the Joker? Like the Joker in the uh-huh. uh, in the in the battle royal. There's rumors of Kota Ibushi possibly being in the battle royal. Oh, and it seems don't like, get me. Don't get me excited. Well, here's the thing. Every year, there's a big surprise. Every year, there's mm-hmm. a big debut of somebody, and they're in Vegas. This is where it all started. If there's any time, you're gonna for, be there. I'll be there. I'll be. You try you tried on any spandex lately? Uh, hey, man, listen. You know, I've been taking some bumps over at the PC uh, here and there. And, uh, and by PC, I mean my personal computer. I'm not talking, <laughs> about, <laughs> not talking about anything else. No, yeah, nah. Uh, it's going to be tight. But no, I, 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 the fact that the title is on the line uh, gives me reason to believe whoever wins it has a ready built-in feud with Orange Cassidy, who's been, you know... Who's, who's a pretty solid resume for wrestler of the year so far, right? Like every week he's had some incredible showings and this is probably going to be one of his biggest showcases of uh, the year. So um, I'm going to take the field over Orange Cassidy. I'm going to take the field. Oh, Uh, all right. (laughs) Good for you. Uh, I'm going to stick with OC. Wardlow with Arn Anderson versus Christian Cage with Luchasaurus for the TNT Championship. Um, I would talk myself into Christian Totally talked myself into Christian. Then I saw him staring each other down, and I'm just like, oh, no, Christian's just there to like get a good match at award, out of Wardlow. That's it. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's Wardlow. Yeah, I think it's Wardlow, too. Uh, as much as the TNT title's been hot potato, it has been hot potato on pay-per-views. Uh, it's hot potato on TV. And I think that's a good way of using the TNT title. I'm going with Wardlow in this one. He needs a, he needs a strong, not saying he needs a strong win, but, you know, it would be and- nice for him to get a strong win. I don't think Christian needs it that much. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Christian's uh, after Christian's entire career, you could say he needs whatever he needs. You can make whatever case you want. It that doesn't matter. True. But I'm going with Wardlow in this one. Next one, FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, the, a.k.a. J- Jay Lethal and the greatest wrestler alive, the wrestling guy, Jeff Jarrett. Um, how, for the, bad, for the, how badly do you want Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal to win these tag titles, Dave? How badly? You know what? I'm not a big Jay Lethal guy. I'm just such a huge Jeff Jarrett guy. Uh, so I can kind of take it or leave Yo, the it. Je- I, the Jeff Jarrett shit is wild because like I was never a fan of him until like literally the past three years. So <laughs> I was just like, yo, the older you so got, good. I'm just like, you know what? Like, but maybe Jeff Jarrett's just kind of awesome and I'm slacking and I'm sleep, right? Like, so uh, the, the more I see him, the more I'm just like, just put the gold on him. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think this is going to be FTR though. I mean, it's it would Mark Briscoe special referee. I don't know. It just, just feels like an FTR situation. All right. And the main event, MJF versus Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. By the way, we didn't even talk about Jungle Boy versus Roosh last week. Was that on was it on was that on Dynamite? I think or is that on I think it was on Dynamite. Yes. What, I might have missed it. I don't remember it. if we failed to talk about it or it was just whatever. We failed to talk about it either on last Thursday or Monday. Quick t- TV timeout. <laughs> this is a Did you see this shit show? Did you see this shit show? So, in shit show, are you referring to the spots or referring to like how many? Rush going into business for himself. He just like he just like beat the kid up. No, I didn't see this. Oh my god, this must have been during like I, I must have been going back and forth while while it was happening. Go so what? watch this. It, it was a. It was a. It was. It was. I'm pretty sure it was last week. I mean, last Wednesday. They. They. Um, this isn't necessarily the first time that it's happened with Rouge, too, right? Like, no, he's done got before. a long history. His whole family's got a freaking history. It's a. There's a lot going on there. But he's been a pretty much a stalwart in AEW so far, except for that weird thing where it seemed like they were like, like, uh, do, going into business for themselves to put over an in in uh, in go. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to say the word. Los in Gobnerbles. Los Let me just take that whole thing without saying it. <laughs> his faction. <laughs> He's got a whole history. His family's got a whole history. He seems to be pretty much going by the book in AEW so far, except for that one thing at the end of the pay-per-view where they went into business for themselves to try to like put over a storyline or end of a show. When was that? I don't even know. Anyway, he's a wild card. And he had a match that you would think was just supposed to make Jungle Boy look real strong so that he'd be even like 5% believable in this AEW championship match. And Roosh just like act legit, like shoot, beat the shit out of him in the ring. It was just like it was like a like a 
what is the historical reference for somebody just roughing the other dude up just because they can? This is like pretty Paul Roma versus uh, uh, the Das Wunderkind Alex Wright back in the day. Hardcore Holly Uh, versus... uh, Yes, there you go. There's one that more people would... Daniel Pewter, yeah, that was one. That was one. Well, that's a reverso. This would be like this is like if you know you get the oh no, it's or or like a JBL versus Blue Meanie. Well, that was like in a battle royal situation, right? It's just like you go in. Uh, listen. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna of, I'm gonna read a tweet that I think might be uh you know, co- you know have to do with what we're talking about. Um, somebody said uh, King of the North King of the North on Twitter said I'm still baffled by how the week to week storytelling and the storytelling in the Jungle Boy Roosh match was missed by people who podcast and fans in general Russell Talk dudes don't even pay attention to commentary on this show um well, judging by how I didn't see the match and seeing now when you see how people go into business for themselves, I immediately get intrigued. I'm like, all right, so what 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 the hell happened? Do you think it's possible that it was purposely done to make Jungle Boy look like the bleeding heart fighting person who literally could, bleeding head? Yeah. And, and the one who no, could, like steal no, no. the end or what? If that was the plan, then it was a shit show too, because he looked like trash in the match yeah. he didn't look like he was like he couldn't get anything off it was one of those things where it was like you would do a drop kick and Rush should be like nah like not <laughs> not like oh i'm not like it's in character just uh, like i'm not gonna you know oh, like he just wasn't was, selling sometimes he would sell oh, like he okay. wasn't like totally losing the thread but he was much more interested in showing who was the stronger dude and guess what no real confusion there he's the stronger he's the stronger dude yes this is facts no I didn't pay enough attention to it at the time and I but I, I was just like that match sucks like what was the point I was more mad that they were making they weren't making Jungle Boy look dominant yeah when they gave well he's not a dominant sort of wrestler either like he's but they, they gave they gave Sammy like a, a jobber on the same show mm. you know and I was like so why are we giving Jungle Boy okay so you give Jungle Boy a real match but he didn't look good coming out of it like he like what so like is Jungle Boy's character like, oh, goody, he might win with a roll-up? I mean, that's not, this isn't like fucking Spike Dudley, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, we want, like, we we want him to, like, he's he's supposed to be legit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I hear you on that. Like, I, the reason why I was big on Jungle Boy, and I still am, you know what I mean, from, from the beginning of the podcast, uh, beginning of, uh, you know, AW, was that I felt like he had, like, fresh, young, baby wait, face. Wait, come here. Top baby face potential. What's up? What's up, young fella? I don't want to. What did you just say to me? Watch your mouth. I go and say it. Watch my mouth? Yeah. Why? Because you say cuss word. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, that's right. I love you. That's right. Thank you for telling me. You watch your damn mouth, dude. <laughs> did he hear me? I hope he didn't hear me. No, he didn't hear you. <laughs> Podcasting with kids. This should be our spinoff. We should just have a spinoff mm-hmm. with all of our kids just coming in and just talking about what we're talking about. <laughs> My daddy, what are you saying? Um, nah, I, I don't know. I guess I, I wish I could. I feel terrible because I wish I, I, I saw this match uh, so I could have a, a, a no. Go watch it. You don't need to blabber. You don't need. You don't need to pontificate. Yeah. but it's like you go. It's you're going to be shocked. Okay. You're going to be shocked okay. when you watch it. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out right. I'm sorry after we this. didn't talk about it last week. We should have a whole segment on the show called "Shit We Should Have Said." We should have talked about <laughs> last week. <laughs> What's we the do a sound w- drop for that. Whenever you have, are we still in that timeout right now? By the way, yeah, yeah. it's it's a TV timeout. You know, it's the Super Bowl. It's a long okay. one. Uh, you know, it, we should have. You know, when you always just come up with the best thing to say, like right after an argument, that Costanza, should be yeah. that should be an entire thing, an entire. At the end of every episode, we should just come back and be like, and another thing. <laughs> if we get real estate Roosh. after the Friday something. Something, the, right. Yeah, right after the Friday something on the Ring of Wrestling Network. Can we make that happen, Dave? I'm giving you free, free content right here. We should just have, we should just have like 10 seconds of just clips from all of us just talking about shit that we should have said on the show and just put it all out as its own, as its own separate like there's what we use we'll use it we'll get some, we'll get the the like uh chat gpt like voice like vo- like fake us voice yeah, and get the we'll prompts just, yeah we'll just no i'll just we'll just send texts into the group chat and we'll just turn them into audio content and it'll just be like we'll just read ah shit man we should have talked about jungle boy anyway this is how it starts dave this is how this the, is the problem the Here, and here's the problem and i'm gonna and i know i'm gonna, I'm gonna get real Jim Cornette here. Okay. Roosh, I mean, unless Roosh got to the locker room and Tony Khan and whatever big wrestler sitting next to him is just like straight to the door, sir. Like, <laughs> we'll see, you know, we'll see you never. Um, 
and this is just such I mean, what a, what an unnecessary mess to add to the all the other messes. I mean, like the most important thing at that point is to not let Jungle Boy. I mean, uh, I have so much to say. For we know, re- okay, we got a lot of people that hate each other that get together in the wrestling ring right. because once you get in the ring, it's sacred or it's whatever. Your life's in your partner's hands, whatever. But the real problem, the real thing to worry about is not somebody like dropping you on your head and breaking your neck. That could happen. It's somebody taking advantage of you because when you're in a position like Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy was in, you can't just break scripts. You can't walk out of the match like mm-hmm. any real man would do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not punch him in the face or walk away. You got to keep doing your job. And your job entails this guy's going to keep like just like roughing you up. It's so terrible and 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 Roosh should have been taken care of either with walking papers or someone else's physicality before jungle boy got to the back so he wouldn't have to even see him Damn. like that's ridiculous i gotta i gotta go see it wouldn't this. shock me if jungle boy got time back in it wouldn't shock me if jungle boy got the title because of that mess it was that bad how did that how how was this not like the leading story on every Every Russell talk because we're not account. paying attention to Jungle Boy Roosh matches, and we're not paying attention to the to the the warm up matches of a dude who's going into a title match and is definitely not going to win. Mm. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess so much it. weird shit happens on AEW television like this. It's just like we're, if we're worked, we don't know we're being worked. No. Whatever. I was talking to somebody about whether or not we're getting worked with the CM Punk stuff, and I'm just like, I'm even more mad if we've been worked because it's not it's not made me care more about CM Punk going to Collision. It's made me have negative feelings about CM Punk and Tony Khan. Yeah. It, you know, like yeah. it's not it, like it's, I don't know. I don't know. No, it definitely, it definitely. So here's the thing. It feels like when you're watching AEW and a lot of, and again, this is going to be people saying, oh, this is you being negative against AEW again because when WWE no, does or whatever. Not you. Not, well, not me. I mean, I'm a shill, so not me. But w- when it comes to them, I mean, like a lot of times Dynamite is the show where shit happens. Right. Like it it never really feels like a lot of times uh, that unless it's a main A or B storyline, like even if there's like a sub storyline, which you want to just work in that maybe starts at the beginning of the show and ends before the night's over. Right. Like sometimes it's just something, a story that you want to tell just through that night. A lot of times, if it's not any of those three things, it's just a place where shit happens. And like something like that, where it should be either treat it as a big deal or if it's part of a storyline, something you can really harp on so we can tell the story so it makes sense why this happened to a guy who's just about to fight for your world title that's named one of your pillars, right? Like that, that's, that's what you would hope to, to see. But, you know, sometimes, man, just like stuff just happens on the show. Stuff just happens on the show and, and it doesn't feel like Stuff happens on the show and it doesn't necessarily all the time feel like it's leading to something else. Like sometimes it does and other times it doesn't. And that happens in a lot of wrestling companies. All but right. it's it's it just seems more glaring when abs and it happens in AEW, right? It just always kind of feels like, oh, all right, that was... That well, was, not oh, glaring. Oh. I mean, gla- well, I get glaring depends on how you look at it, man, because it wasn't glaring enough for us to talk about it last week. No, and now we're just gathering right. on about it. And I still all haven't right. seen it. I could watch it and I be like, I get distracted. Ah, I get I distracted. Yeah, who knows? All right. Uh, all right. Really time back in now. <laughs> okay. Who's going to win this match? MJ, we, we already talked about it earlier in the week. I think that there's a, I think there's a non-zero chance at Sammy. Uh... Uh, but I think the you know the, the odds on favorites got to be MJF. Yeah, I agree. It's got to be MJF. I mean, Darby deserves it more than Sammy. Darby's a more realistic winner, but I just don't think it's Darby's time yet. I think that has to be a bigger moment for him. I think Sammy, you could do a storyline thing, you know. And do you think there's any one of those four pillars that their victory would mean that much more at double or nothing to to have over than ending this MJF reign? I don't think so. Right? Like, I, I think I don't think. And that's kind of the messed up part about. I think this the build. only reason the only reason that anybody but MJF wins is because you want to reset MJF a little bit. And I don't think you need to reset MJF. In in kayfabe, MJF's doing a bang up job by yeah. like tricking all these dudes who can, who he can beat the shit out of into a match, right? Like if that I've always thought in kayfabe as the champion, if you're John Cena at his peak. Why are you fighting Umaga and all these like big scary dudes? You should just be picking fights with like <laughs> weaselly jobbers every week. Yeah. Anyway, and then you oh it's the, the main event of SummerSlam: John Cena versus Brian Waters. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in kayfabe, right? No offense, okay, Brian. got you, got you. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. So uh, MJF's going to win. Let's move on to Night of Champions. Let's that was do your, it. Uh, that, that was your double or nothing preview. All right. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, singles match. Trish Stratus, or Becky Lynch, did the woof woof. Mm. Uh, uh, Trish Stratus, shockingly, uh, not as much charisma as I would have expected her to have, at least as I remembered in my in my childhood brain. Really? Uh, no, she's still very charismatic, but she doesn't own the crowd. And, you know, she's not a modern wrestler. It's, it's a whole different thing. Um, Becky versus Trish, who's going to win? I'm going with Trish here. Uh, we're in the Saudi-verse. It's always good to lean on the legends over there, the people yeah. that people know about. And on top of that, it doesn't seem like this is going to be a one-off. It feels like it's going to be a series Summer of matches. Slam. Yeah, so I think Trish gets the first look. All right, I'll go with you on that one. Rhea Ripley versus Natalia for the SmackDown Women's Championship match. This may shock you, but I'm going with Rhea Ripley on this one. Um, yeah, same. You know. No, just uh, that's good enough. We are on a time <laughs> limit here. Bianca Belair versus Asuka, singles match for the Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, I'm going to go Bianca Belair. I think Bianca retains I'm, here. I'm picking the. I'm picking every. Oh, I'm. I'm going to go with all of the the my crazy picks. Ooh, I'm going Oscar on this one. Okay, I think Oscar's. I'm going to get pick. one of them right, and I can brag about it next week. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, this is why I leaned on my AJ pick. But yes, we're going to go. I, I, I'm. I'm sticking Bianca. I think you saw the report. You guys talked about it on Worldwide, mm-hmm. Brian. That they're going to the, the WWE wants to turn Bianca and the Street Profits heel this summer. I think they're finally listening to me on this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, I think it's a good look, but this I don't I don't know if that's connected to this. I don't know if Night of Champions is where you do it. Um, but this could be. Uh, I, I'm just going to go with the wild card on this one. Next one, another wild card: Mustafa Ali versus Gunther. I love anyway, this match. Anyway, Gunther loses. I love this match. Uh, no, 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 no. Unless this was Mansoor who's undefeated in uh, Saudi verse mm-hmm. matches. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a great showcase for Ali, but he's going to get the shit chopped out of him <laughs> and Gunther's going to retain the title. Uh, I'm going to go with Mustafa Ali just because no one will remember and <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but I can brag about it if I get it right. Uh, KO and Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline, that being Roman Reigns and Solisakoa for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Who's going to win? I'm going with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I, I mm-hmm. think this is going to be, uh, you know, they're going to retain the titles. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this would mark the actual 1,000th day of Roman Reigns' championship reign. And now he has something to really be pissed off about, that he lost on his 1,000th day. On a champion, special day. On a special day for him, right? So, yeah, uh, I don't think Sammy's going to Saudi unless he's retaining the title. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think Sammy's that kind of guy. I just think, come on. That's not going to work for me, brother. If there's any time for him to pull that, that's the time <laughs> to do it. So. No, I don't think he's a, that's not going to work for me, brother kind of guy. But come on. I mean, you bring him in. This is, uh, it, it, I'm really interested to see where this goes. I mean, yeah. What they can pull off and what they're willing to pull off 
I'm more interested in seeing Saudi how. The, yeah, I'm interested in seeing how how Roman responds to a loss, even if it's a tag team match. I think mm-hmm. that's the most compelling thing you can do right now with Roman Reigns that doesn't involve him losing. But the Solo championship. takes the pin. Does he just can't? Did he just fire everybody and get a whole new batch of bloodline guys? Uh, I don't know what happens. Does I mean Solo's only been pinned by Cody Rhodes in his entire main roster career? So I mean, if he yeah, even, so who he, takes the pin? I, who, I don't know. I, I smelt there's gonna be chicanery. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be chicanery. Hell yeah. You know, like I, uh, for for as a, as a fan of madness, yes, I still want to see Roman Reigns with six titles walking down the ring. I just don't think it's it's gonna happen. I think that's just the best way. What if Sammy and KO get a solo Sokoa lookalike to come in and eat the pen? <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works, Dave. I, I, I doubt it, but um, I don't know, man. Like this is this is a match I really can't call. Like they've won so many times and there's so much outside stuff happening with the Usos. The nah. fact that they dedicated this match to the Usos almost guarantees they're going to be involved in the ending somehow. And are they going to be there? There's not any tra- are there visa issues with those guys anymore? I don't think so. I mean, they've been to Canada. Uh, okay, the Usos are going to get involved. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Roman and Solo. Why, why not? Let's just do it. Give them all the belts. It'll be a hell of a visual. I'm picking. I'm picking crazy for all these. Okay, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Long. We've got, they've been feuding for a minute, but basically this is going to boil down to: Does Cody lose because he's injured because of this new arm injury at the hands of Brock Lesnar backstage, or does he win despite it? And it's a great thing that he's uh, overcoming all the odds. I, I think this is a Brock Lesnar win. I think they've already kind of played the card of Cody winning hurt on Seth Rollins, which as fucking crazy as that was, it's a little bit more believable than beating Brock Lesnar with one arm, right? So I think Brock I think Brock takes this one. Uh, I'll go with you on that one. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles finals in the tournament for the World Heavyweight Championship. Who you got? Ah, uh, man, it just seems like a, such a Seth Rollins win. And all my conventional wisdom tells me that, oh, when they're when they're zigging, they're probably going to zag. So I would usually pick AJ Styles, but it just makes all the sense in the world. There's been no zag. There's not been a whiff of zag. Not I was just all. searching. I was searching every moment of, of Raw for, for, or of, of WWE programming this week for just any zag. Any zag Not a spit no, There's zag. no zags. No, no zags. This- and I was trying to think of what the zag would be for the pay-per-view. Like if the Good Brothers come out and cross. That's not a zag. That's just a... That's just a zzz, no, like as if we're going no. as if I'm going to sleep right now. I, there's no, what is the shot going to be that would put AJ over? I don't think there's going to be shock there. I think this is going to be a. I mean, you're establishing a new world heavyweight championship, and you know, not in America. So I'm assuming there's going to be no chicanery here. I think it's just going to be as straight up of a match as you can possibly have with two guys who are the best wrestlers of the past. 15 years and most accomplished wrestlers in WWE and you want to start a lineage I don't think you started with a a, a weird finish or a run in or that's, any of that that's what I mean like, AJ is as great as he is doesn't have like the the, the, ver, the oomph yeah. to just win this match straight maybe you will yeah. I mean I think there's who knows but I just feel like I was looking for that zag couldn't see the zag nah. couldn't see any of the zag so what are you going to do? I'll go with Rollins too. Although I think AJ is the right choice, which is what's really crazy. You know, I think, I think I would go, if it was me, I would go with AJ. Or, time out. Time out, time out, right. time out, time out, time out. Uh, let's, let's talk further along the lines, right? The fact that they aren't zagging at all. Let's say we're both right and they go with Seth Rollins. It means that they're putting more emphasis and putting more investment in the Seth Rollins. And even with his new entrance, when he comes out to the ring, he literally stands out there for like 30 or 40 seconds while the crowd like sings his song like Michael Jackson in the Super Bowl, right? Now, now I'm picturing that with the title around his waist. And I'm picturing that happening for the next couple of months and the momentum. Do you see a world, Dave, where... A momentum of Seth Rollins having these incredible five-star matches every night out to showcase his brand new world title manifests himself into a Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns winner-take-all match. And maybe Seth is the guy that eventually becomes the person to take down Roman Reigns. Do you, do you, do you possibly see that? And does that start this Saturday? Let me say this carefully. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Time in. <laughs> no, no, no. We can say in the timeout. The biggest problem, and I'm not saying that can't change. Mm. The biggest problem with Seth Rollins, the character, is that he is simultaneously the guy that deserves to be that guy and the guy that no one would buy as that guy. 
Mm. It's like he's overachieved mm. for his station in life. Not his station in life because he shouldn't could be a headliner. But it's like I don't know if I agree all the way, Dave. I don't know if I agree all the way. I think I think you got to tell that story. You got to tell that story. Yeah. I, and I and and I don't even know yet if Seth is an underdog. I don't know if or if he's. Well, a, I think that's what they've been doing with these video packages, right? Like these Corey Graves interviews yeah. that they've been doing for the past several weeks are is like reestablishing. Like, yes, this is a guy who dresses a little crazy and and does all the the chants and kind of laughs a little funny. But let's not forget, like he's probably the most instrumental part of everything we've done here in WWE for the past like ten. 15 years now from down from the NXT all the way up to the shield to now we're having this new world heavyweight championship. So just in case you forgot, yes, he is every bit as deserving or every bit as accomplished as a Roman Reigns. A yeah, I know. Dominated. But what I don't need is Corey Graves telling me that the way they think that's how they think. They're like, we need you to re- be reminded. That's why we make all these video packages. No, but that's, okay. Listen, I agree with what that. you're saying. It's all zig and no zag. I mean, it's all Seth Rollins. Yeah. But uh, I just don't think I think that might be the case. That might be what they end up doing, and it might work. Mm. We're a long way off from there. We're a long we way are. off from there. We are. But if we'll we'll see. I'm just in the in the in the in the spirit of what Triple H said he wanted this title to be. If that culminates in the way he wants it to be, I can only see a guy like Seth that has that sort of wave of momentum. I would so much rather see Seth. Somehow, like, form an alliance. I think I might have said this before. Seth somehow form an alliance with Roman Reigns and turn on him again. <laughs> then Seth, the uh, the all, all, also the valiant long-term champion, now finally getting a win over Roman Reigns. I would, like, there's just no, I'm just not interested in that. I feel like that was Seth's run. A two-man, a two-man power trip? A two-man power trip redo yeah. with, with Seth and Roman would, would take yes. me a fancy? Yeah. Man, listen. Bloodline falls apart. I got. I don't need new friends. I got old friends. I got old friends. I got guys I could trust. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might have turned on me once. Shame on me. Won't happen again. Won't happen again. Uh, who there knows? You go. Who knows? I think Seth's the winner here. I think so too. I'm taking Seth Rollins for this one. It's gonna be a hell of a match, though. It's gonna be a, a straight up. It's gonna how be we, my bee's knees, man. It's gonna be great. How do we do, Brian? How many minutes? How many minutes minus the timeouts? Did you keep track? Um, not minus the timeouts, but we uh, fifty about fifty minutes. So for give it <laughs> so almost double. Well, uh, but, 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 we we, we did our a lot of best because there was a lot of matches you did like in ten seconds, and a lot you did in thirty seconds. Yes, right. God, that's a okay. lot of wrestling. It's a lot of wrestling this weekend, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, what else you want to talk about? Um. Nick Khan, you see this thing? Nick Khan said uh, SmackDown could add a third hour. They're looking at the third hour of Raw. Raw could move off Monday nights. I mean, this is all clearly positioning for for the new, you know, rights negotiations or whatever. What is what to you? And I know you're a realist. You understand why Raw is three hours, right? Because they sell extra ad time. USA gets to say we have three of the highest rated hours on cable television, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But if you're Nick Khan or whoever's making the decisions... What to you is the perfect WWE broadcasting schedule? Oh, wow. Um, I'm not too mad at the way it is right now. I mean, yes, that third hour can be can drag sometimes. I definitely tune uh-huh. out on Mondays. But like, I mean, shoot. Monday Night Raw. Tuesday Night NXT. You know what I mean? Friday Night SmackDown. I was a fan of Thursday nights, right? Like when when SmackDown was on Thursday, that was my jam. But I understand why you don't want Thursday night, especially, you know, during the fall. You don't want to go head to head with the NFL. You try to avoid them at all costs when it comes to TV. Um, But I'm not I'm not. Yeah. Like I look at it as like a regular TV watching fan, right? Like Mondays and Fridays usually don't cross over with. Things that I, I try to watch a lot, unless it's like a Nick game or something like that. So I personally don't hate it. And again, the third hour on, on Raw, I get it for commercial purposes. If I was just as a wrestling fan, I think two hours is the perfect amount of time for a wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it doesn't drag and, you know, it gives people enough time to really like build out their stories and stuff because that third hour that they usually throw people on, you're not really building that much anyway, right? Like a lot of that time, you, you're usually getting a segment, if that. Uh, but if I had to move something around, I would put SmackDown on Thursdays and Uh have wrestling just condensed from Monday through Thursday 
And then, you know, Saturdays and Sundays are my big pay-per-view events, like my, my premium live events. That's what I would do. I would just do 30 minutes a day every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, no, I think they're doing it right. I really think we need to have some like global summit on the we can combine the raw three hours of raw with pay-per-view runtime with like the length of the NBA season, <laughs> put the NFL season in there too. Nobody's willing to take the to 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 see what happens if you do less. See if you could possibly make more by doing less. Mm. Um you know, it would okay. be really easy. It would be really easy for Raw to do two hours and then figure out a third hour programming. They tried it with Raw Talk and all this kind of stuff. And no, I mean, come on. The only let's thing just go, I was let's drinking. just go straight to a shoot interview. Let's just go straight to a <laughs> let's just go straight to a one on one interview with like me and you interviewing Rhea Ripley and Dom <laughs> after 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 Raw. People would hang around for that. People put the would stone, watch. Put the put the put the broken skull sessions or something on every week, you know, like yeah, people would watch that stuff. One, one change I would make. Uh, I, I love, I love the Saudi time pay-per-views. I'm sorry. Like Saturday afternoon pay-per-views are my oh, jam. Me too. Yo. Oh, the best, the best when it's done by like 4 PM. And I still have like my whole Saturday, like ahead of me. Well, it's West coast pay-per-views too. If you're on the West oh, coast, you know, even better. So y'all, 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 there's nothing like that. Going to see a show on the West coast. And then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, time to go to bed. Oh, wait, <laughs> I can go have dinner. <laughs> it's seven o'clock. The sun's <laughs> up. <laughs> Great. Oh man. I love being a New Yorker, but you know, that's, that's, that's the only time I wish. I would I do that too. Things. I think I think more interesting times. They're doing a good job of mixing up locations, you know, other countries. So that necessarily changes with the times. But why not play with the times more? Who knows? Who knows, Who knows? man? Do some do some afternoon wrestling. Man. Let's Go forget to the interviews. Let's just do let's just do SmackDown at like let's just put it back on the Saturday morning at like eleven a.m. <laughs> time slot. <laughs> do, back when we were kids, you get up, you rake some leaves, and come inside and watch wrestling. Watch That's WWF superstars and shit. Yeah, that was my jam. Wrestling Challenge. WWF yeah. Mania with Todd Pettengill. That was my... Oh, what? Yeah. Todd Pettengill? <laughs> at, one point, at one point in my life, I went to the B Todd Pettengill, yo. Like, that was my... I went to the, I went to the interview wrestlers in the day and the interview freaking pop stars at night. And, and that would be my career. Todd Pettengill was... That guy, WWF Mania, was the reason why he was that guy to me. I didn't even know. That, I didn't even know he did radio in New York City for years oh, yeah. until until like I was like I was like you know I was only like eight or nine years old at the time, and I'm listening. I'm like, is that this? we were just talking to Bret Hart yesterday. Wow, and I was talking to Madonna. This is great. <laughs> this guy lives the life. Yeah, shout out to w, shout out to all the Saturday uh, afternoon slash morning wrestling TV content that we all grew up on. It was fantastic times. <laughs> uh, what's Todd Pettengill doing now? I think he's um, still checking on, out. I think he's still on PLJ, right? He's still on WPLJ. I thought it. I it seems like he was done. That he's done. Let's see. What's the shot? Let me let's Google. He's got Pettengill Productions Inc. at HeyTodd.com is still around. Oh man, remember when they brought him back for like the first in your house? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Huge pop for Pettengill. Uh, yeah, former uh, DJ, backstage interview with WWF. Worked at WPLJ 95.5 New York from 93. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Todd Pango, man. Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> Let's get him on the pod. Let's do it. Shout out Todd. Yo, Todd, if you're listening, bro, please. Mm-hmm. You're an inspiration. I'd love to talk to you on the show. <laughs> well, he's working as like a TV producer now. That's like, all right. I'm well, nuts anyway. to that. He got time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Reach out to Todd. Todd, we love you. One of the all-time greats. Yes, sir. One of the reasons you watch wrestling. You the reason know. we're still doing this today. All right. Um, any other news we need to hit on before we get out of here? That was a pretty good job running down all that stuff. That was, pretty good. That was good. I feel. I feel. I feel accomplished. I'm. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready for what is all it with John Cena? What is it with John Cena? Like running down Austin Theory. <laughs> like he shows up for like a god awful ten minute match. Oh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this guy the honors, but I got to be home by seven fifteen. <laughs> Then doesn't give him anything in the ring, and then follows it up with. At that point, we get to talk like, "Good, uh, John Cena did his thing, like whatever, like good, good for him." And, and then follows it up every single interview. Somehow, somebody gets to ask him a question about it, and he's like, "Listen, I can say this to you because I said it right to Austin's face. He's the worst wrestler <laughs> that's ever lived." <laughs> And he always says it's so kind too. He's like, listen, I'm gonna tell you the way I said it. Uh the, I said it to him, and I said it publicly to everybody on Monday Night Raw. 
Austin Theory fucking sucks. I hate him. <laughs> I hate his family. Yes. I'm just yes. like, yo, where did this come from? You know? Yeah. But I, hey, listen, man, uh, Austin Theory, it, the Austin Theory John Cena thing, I, and I love how we always pepper in a, a basketball reference uh, on this show. Have you seen like the interviews with like Kevin Garnett and Joe Kim Noah on like Instagram and like Showtime no. and stuff? So mm, years good. ago, yeah, like Kevin Garnett, you know, Joe Kim Noah, you know, Joe Kim Noah from the Chicago Bull, national um, champion for the Florida. Also a wrestling fan. Big wrestling fan. Father is Yannick Noah, Brooklyn native as well. Um, he uh, was a, looked up to Kevin Garnett as, as a kid. And then he went to go, you know, uh, guard him one time. And like, I guess while he was guarding him, he was like asking him to show him a move or something like that, like in the middle of a game. And I'm paraphrasing here. So if this sounds... Uh, gruffer than I anticipate. I apologize. But Kevin Garnett responded something along the lines of get off my dick or something like that, right? And then like and it crushed him. Like it crushed him for like his entire like you know, for years or whatever. Yeah. And like I always see this interview circulate and only recently, I think a week ago like Kevin Garnett and Joe Kimno finally sat down and talked about it and you know, KG was like listen man, it was in the heat of battle. I apologize. I take a lot of uh, uh, pride in mentoring the youth and yeah, nah, but you know he's in the heat of battle and and in a weird way, you know, after Joe Kimnoah got the apology, he said, listen, right, like, I understand, you know, but, you know, you telling me, you pretty much cursing me out, like, my hero cursed me out, turned me into an animal, turned me into everything I needed to become to become the player I was, and I have you to thank for that. So this may seem aggressive from John Cena right now, and it may seem like it's tough love for Austin Theory, but I believe, and I think deep down you believe also, Dave, this will ultimately be good for Austin Theory that John Cena is letting him know, like, hey, you still ain't shit. <laughs> and for all intents and purposes, he still really ain't shit yet. Like, he really hasn't done any. Like, but why is it John Cena out there saying this stuff? Like, because why is- it would not, it was the, it's the only way it would hit the same if it was John Cena. John Cena is a many things. He's a very honest guy, in my opinion. Like, when he, when he says shit, when it was directed at The Rock, when it was directed at Brock, when it was directed at Punk, like, he pulls no punches, man. Like, he's, there's, man, people, people really sleep on, like, John Cena's ability to, like, shit on you. Like, he's done this before. Like, there's a promo with AJ Styles, and AJ Styles is the world champion, and he was basically saying, like, the same shit that he was telling Austin Theory, but Yeah, but there's a, I don't know, man, there's a difference. It's like, it's like, you know, if you're in your work clothes, you can, it's a different thing, right? Like, if you're a cop, like, when you're grilling in the backyard, you can be like, shut up, neighborhood kids. <laughs> but if you're, but if you're wearing your uniform, you gotta, act, you gotta conduct yourself a little bit differently. John Cena, it's the reverse. You can talk shit when you're wearing jorts <laughs> and an oversized t-shirt, but if you're out there in a three-piece suit with your hair slicked back, no, I think I think not. it's good for him, man. I think he needs it. I think Austin Theory, as talented as he is, as high as I am on him, he still hasn't found that thing yet. Like, and I, I think this is going to be part of it. This is like his villain origin story. Like everybody kind of needs one. He wrestled John Cena at WrestleMania, and in nine out of ten cases, that would have made somebody's career. And a few months later. People still don't really give a fuck about Austin Theory like that, right? And on top of that, he's not wrestling at Night of Champions. And on so. top, he's not wrestling at Night of Champions. And on top of that, John Cena is like pretty much saying like this guy isn't ready yet. He nobody gives a fuck about him. So he's got to make people give. On a the fuck one about hand, him. good for him for the truth telling. On the other hand, I'm not sure it's helping. It, I think it will. I'm a very big believer of tough love, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna. Tell me something in private and tell me something in public that I think is ultimately because going you can't, to help he's not me. on TV. You can't do anything about it. I'll show, well, I'm sure he can. I mean, at the same time, he's John Cena. Anything he said, the fact that we're even talking about this right now with a guy who doesn't have a match no, and not a champion. Unless Austin Theory rolls in to SmackDown in like the basketball jersey with a chain and a lock around his neck and just says, and just says, like, I, and just, just lays into Cena. Yeah. I don't know. Seriously, the worst, the worst face of the company this this the pro wrestling has ever seen. I mean, he this could, guy, he could, he, this guy. If he had eaten one cheeseburger, he wouldn't have held the belt for more than a month. Like you're, so, 
<laughs> Dave, he's the biggest heel in the company during his entire run was the wellness policy. Like, go after him, you know. <laughs> You should have been you should have been writing Austin Theory's promos uh, for <laughs> WrestleMania. You would have you would have smoked them. But nah, I think I mean, yeah, he could have did that. He could have, but Kayfabe, right? He's already beat him. He's already beat him in Kayfabe. At the end of the day, what John Cena is saying is true. Like Austin Theory, for everything that he's been given, he's been put next to Mystic Man. He's been given title opportunities, money in the banks, next to Tyson Fury, next to Pat McAfee, next uh, at several WrestleMania's already. Like had a skid bit in NXT, came in with Seth Rollins in the in the pandemic, went back, came back with Johnny Gar- Like, he's had mad opportunities. And he's still not got that thing yet. And as, as fucked up and as harsh as it is to come from John Cena, somebody who's accomplished that much and all that type of stuff, he's as more qualified to say it than anybody because he was the same exact dude until he found that thing. And I don't even think the thugonomics was the thing. Like, that was the start of the thing. The thing was really when he took it to a next level and he was, you know, Captain America, basically. And that's when he became fucking unstoppable. You know what I mean? And it's going to take some time for Austin Theory. The good thing is he's still super young. He's barely 25 years old. And he's got a win against John Cena under uh, WrestleMania under his belt already. He's going to have many more opportunities to get there. And if he's being honest with himself, he'll probably agree with John Cena too, saying that nobody truly cares about him quite yet. I think you can be honest with yourself and not be like so low on yourself. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> he'll be I'm, not he's the biggest, big boy. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest Austin Theory I'm the, guy. I'm, I'm just the like, Austin Theory guy. That's how, the are you, how are you John Cena? Like the keeper of the torch of pro wrestling the you know the guy who like you know became the soul of the locker room and the whatever the hell he's one of the only guys out there in the world talking about pro wrestling and mainstream media on a week-to-week basis and he's just like burying it dude like that's not what's what's sacred about that you know keep it in house keep it at least keep it in storyline if you can't do anything about it then why are you running your mouth everybody knows anyway anyway Mm. (laughs) enough of that we got to get out of here. Oh, before we go, I just want to take a few minutes to talk about Charlie Caruso's political position. Oh my I'm just God. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kaz, do you want to? <laughs> Brian just almost spit out whatever's in his mouth. I have no idea. Whoa. Kaz? Skirt, skirt. I'm, I'm taking a full left turn out of that one. Kaz, um, get your plugs in. Let's get out of here. Yeah, man. You can catch me on WWE Ultimate this week, Ultimate Night of Champions, right before uh, Night of Champions this Saturday. Sunday night, you can catch me at the AW Double or Nothing pre-show with Paul White and Renee uh, on the panel. It's going to be fun as hell. Say less with Kaz, Oki, and Rosie every Monday. Count it every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday as long as the playoffs are continuing. And uh, you can catch me right here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed and the mass man show with cats uh you can find me here you can find me on the press box by the way uh next week our old friend dan saint germain is making his triumphant return to the mass man show the king of stad style will be here i do want to say before he comes on he's got a comedy special coming up uh and he recorded a little sound drop just so you guys know all about it hey this is dan saint germain one of the friends of the masked man show My special, my live stand-up special is being filmed June 1st, Thursday, June 1st, in Brooklyn, Old Man Hustle, Brooklyn Comedy Club, at 8 o'clock p.m. Adrian Iapolucci is going to be there. Anthony DeVito is going to be there. It's going to be a a blast, folks. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll even throw in some Ryback jokes. Come in. Check it out. Please take a picture with me. Take me home. Give me some soup. Come to my show, baby. June 1st, Thursday, 8 o'clock p.m. Look forward to seeing Dan, our great old friend, back on the show next week. Uh, Until then, thank you, Brian. Wonderful super producer, Brian H. Waters. Thank you for keeping us in check. Thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to Johnny Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.